0: Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth vote founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder bite size bio
1: Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier, and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of bitesizebio.com, and with me is the driving force of this podcast, Kenneth Vogt, my friend, mentor, and founder of the coaching company, Vera Claritas. Today, Ken will be discussing not the Fleetwood Mac song, but something of the same title, how you can go your own way. So let's bring in the man himself. How are you today, Ken?
2: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Cool. This this notion of going your own way is a is an interesting one, uh, and for some people, it will actually rub them the wrong way. They've been they've been taught that to be a good little boy, good little girl, they should follow the rules and they should do as they're told. And you no, know, and part of this is good. You know, following protocols is is useful solves a lot of problems there's a there's a there's a lot of benefit to rules but the fact is that innovation and and new discovery almost never come from just following the protocol they come from breaking out in some way and sometimes it's breaking out in a very rebellious way sometimes it's 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 ignoring the standards and and it's, it's, you know, thumbing your nose at the rules. So the question is then how can you go your own way as a scientist and still be happy, still keep your job <laughs> and still get along with other people? Because, you know, the fact is we, we need to work together with other people too. But it, you probably know some people that kind of march to their own drummer and you like them and you find them interesting and you want to work with them and they stimulate you to think about new things and and to look at things in new ways you know that could be you it doesn't always have to be somebody else and if you've you've um, come up in a very structured fashion and it's hard not to you know to, to get all the way to a phd boy you you endured a lot of structure <laughs>
1: Tell me, I'm wrong, Nick. Is that true? No, you're definitely you're definitely right there. There is, um, and that, that is one of the biggest steps to make. I think when you um, when you step out from the educational side of things uh, into your own playing field, if you like, is how do you switch from that process driven uh, mentality into a sort of a more creative, free uh, mm-hmm. mentality. I suspect that many
2: people who are scientists are also musicians, because again, they got put into they got put into music classes, and you know they had to learn piano or violin or or whatever it they had to learn. Anybody who's played music for a while, there is a point when you start to realize that I can just do what I'm told to do here, or I can I can do something more interesting, or I can have more fun with it. But yeah, some people I, are
1: afraid to do that. I think that's a superb analogy with music as well, and it's underappreciated mm-hmm. um, how that how that maps onto science, because as you know, at some point you have to have the training wheels on, um, or, or it's okay to have the training wheels on and to just follow the course in music and in science. In music, if you just follow the rules, then you're not a, you're not a you're not going to be very creative. You may be mm-hmm. good, you know, but even. Even if you're playing back someone else's music, your own style is is you need to break the rules to make your own style, and right. uh, and it's the same in science. But I think that yeah, it, it's a bit underappreciated how much of an art form science is uh, in terms of the creative side of it. There's obviously a process side to it, but, as was, I said, but the creative side to it is you do need to be rebellious. You do need to um, make your own path, and and it, that's a you might have to make a a conscious step out of that i think some people do
2: right well i think one of the problems that we have is the way we typically use the word science we juxtaposition it against art there's either the art of something or the science of something that is how we use the language but that's not exactly encompassing all that is science there's plenty of art in science and so that's 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 what we're talking about today is, is how to embrace the the artful side
1: of science. Now, part of... Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say that one, you know, just to if people aren't grasping that, I mean, uh, some people will grasp that, some people might not. If you look at Kari Mullis, the guy who invented PCR, which in, underpins so much of what is going on in uh, in bioscience today, if you look at how he describes how he came up with the idea, it's, it's very artistic, um, and he has only got to... The, you know, come up with the idea for PCR by, um, by allowing his mind to be in a creative mode and, mm-hmm. uh, and not by following the rules. And there's an article I've written on bite size about that. It's called the invention of PCR. I think, mm-hmm. um, you can have a look at how that and, you know, under, obviously from his artistic burst there, there was a lot of, a lot of, um, diligent process layered on top of that but also a lot of creativity on top of that as well to make the amazing tool and de- tools and you know derivative tools that have come from pcr
2: mm-hmm. cool
1: well
2: there, there you go there's an actual application of something that is world changing and and it's industry changing and <clears throat> you know it didn't it it can't happen if we just stay in the box now one of the things that is a potential potential problem here is personality styles. That is, if, if we're somebody that are, are, I'm going to use the word natural personality, but I'm going to shoot that down in a second. But if our natural personality is to be subservient, is to be a follower, is to, you know, to just to listen to authority, breaking out can be hard. And by the way, I'm not telling you any of that is wrong. If if that is a natural style for you, if it's a it's a style that's comfortable for you today, you, you probably learned that style. It isn't when I say natural, that's really not fair. It's, it didn't come from nature, <laughs> it came from nurture. It, it came out of out of out of training and out of out of progressive um pr- progressive input that, that it seemed like this is a good way to go for you. And that's fine. You can use that. But you still can break out sometimes. You don't have to, you don't have to always be that renegade. You don't have to always be a rebel. On the other hand, for some of you, the idea of being a renegade and a rebel doesn't bother you at all. That sounds like, yeah, that's that's that feels natural to me. You also learned that, but you know, there are styles here you can use. So one of the things that that will be required if you're gonna go your own way, is that every once in a while, then you're gonna have to stand up. For yourself you're going to have to stand up to opposition and it there, there's a, a term that gets used for that often it's to, it's a, to be an alpha personality. And you, you've probably heard that before that some people are alphas and some people are betas and beta is a very per, pejorative term you'll hear comedians talk about being betas and you'll and especially guys talking about being alpha and we often think of it's it's an alpha male. Well, what's, what's funny about that is this notion of alpha, where did it come from? Well, it, it came from um, uh, a scientist that was studying a pack of wolves. And so now we think, oh yeah, well, alpha wolf, I mean, that's the ultimate, the ultimate pack leader. But here's the thing that's funny about it. The alpha wolf wasn't male, the alpha wolf was female. It was it was the senior female in the pack, and and so so this notion that alpha is a masculine thing, it's a male thing, uh, how often it's a you know a pejoratively male thing, it's a it's it's a toxic male thing. No, it's not. It's a female thing, and it's not toxic. And yeah, you know, now that doesn't mean that everybody can't do it because obviously there's a lot of alpha nature in how. How men often act in society. And sometimes it's bad, but often it's not bad. It's a good thing when someone takes charge, when somebody says, I'm picking the path. So the notion of being alpha is often about being a leader of others. But the first thing you got to do is be a leader of yourself. So when you decide for yourself, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna think a bit outside the box here. I'm gonna investigate in this direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, a certain path. I'm gonna make the commitment to 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 go down that road. Well that that is kind of an alpha notion. So I am I'm, I'm encouraging you to 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 consider the idea of being alpha, especially if you're female, but even if you're male, because if you've been in a in a space where you've been treated like you're beta you know, that you're, you're just a follower, you're, you're just a cog in the wheel. Um, this is an opportunity for you to, to take charge of something about yourself personally and be more alpha with yourself. Now, we, we've talked about the difference between being controlling and taking charge in a past episode. So this is this is kind of an application of that. So now if you're going to go your own way, it is going to require you to take some charge for yourself and to choose for yourself. And it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to communicate that out into the world, although it's, it can be useful. You can get more help that way. You can get more people on your side, but you can also get people, you know, aren't on your side. And, and it might be just they're intellectually not on your side, but they can also become enemies, you know. (laughs) So, you know, this is something that when you step into you, you step into with full knowledge that okay I may ruffle some feathers if I start going my own way. And so you're gonna you're gonna have to take that into consideration. Something to think about um, then is is what I'll call risk management. That is, okay, if I start going my own way, what's going to cost me? What's going to happen? Am I going to miss out on certain opportunities? Um, and that might be true. You might you might actually retard certain career advancement. And I know that sounds like it might go against the happy scientist notion, but understand short term impact on your career isn't necessarily bad. You may be you're you may be sowing seeds for something that will fruit in the future. So it's it's something you but it's something you want to do by choice. And you want to do it, you're 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 making making a bet, as it were, and and hopefully one that's where you where you know what you've got, you know. This is this is poker. This isn't this isn't uh, some game that's you know coin flipping. Who knows how it's going to come out? This is. I know I've got a decent hand here, and I'm going to bet big on it. I'm going to risk because I think it's a good risk to take. So you know that's 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 how you can look at this. One of the things that that you may have to look at in yourself when you're considering risk, because some folks are so risk averse. They're so afraid of taking any chances that that they might ever lose anything. If you are not willing to lose every once in a while, I promise you're not going to gain much. The big the big winners took risks. So this comes down then to managing how you feel. So you look at the difference between. What your circumstances are. And how you feel about them, Um, and because they're not the same thing. And some folks are going to go. Well, well, of course they're the same thing. I I wouldn't describe anything inaccurately. It's like, oh yes, you would. We're humans. We describe things inaccurately all the time, and we watch other people do it all the time, and we watch almost everybody we know do it all the time. So it's we'd have to be immensely arrogant to think that well we're we're special among this entire breed of seven billion people or. That, that we never tell a story about what's going on we're all telling stories about what's going on all the time and we've got to separate what is actually happening here from how i feel about it so you see you see an opportunity for something you go you know we've been investigating in this direction and i think there's a path here that we could take and you know what we're going to have to commit some resources to it We're going to have to commit some funds to it, some some hours to it, some equipment to it. And I don't I can't guarantee that we're going to that it's going to work, that we're going to get a positive outcome. But I I feel strongly that if we don't investigate this, we're going to regret it, that we want to we want to take that chance. We want to go that way. When you describe it that way, you're talking about you're talking about what is you're not talking about the story about what is. You're not. You're not lamenting. You know, on the other side, somebody we Oh, we can't afford to waste resources. You know, budget's already so tight, and and you know we could lose our funding. And now, now we're starting to get a story going here. Is well? Hey, you haven't lost your funding. That's that hasn't happened. So it's not. That's not real yet. Um, or you know, we could really, really, you know, anger the PI here. You know, and and then we're going to be all be in trouble. You know, you start using words like trouble and you know and and then you and then you know you're starting to tell a story now th- there's there's more than just the specifics here too that sometimes the things we're worried about have to do with societal norms that is you know there's there's a there's a culture that already exists when i say societal norms i don't necessarily mean the entirety of society although that might be true you know there's a there's a societal norm among scientists in your lab in your in your field in your industry you know so and often what people will look at there is to think you know we should just go along to get along why create waves why ruffle feathers and and when people ask that question they ask it often as a rhetorical question when they should be asking it as an actual question why should we ruffle feathers why should we take this risk because there's an answer to that question and sometimes the answer is there's very good reasons to take this risk there's very good reasons to go your own way on this now we use that phrase go your own way which implies solitude but it doesn't have to you know it could be going our own way you could take other people along you could be you can be a cheerleader for a path or for an idea and so then it's up to you you know how far can you can you go with that how how far outside of normal can you be comfortable are you willing to say hey we should we should take a risk here we should try something new we should try something that's been tried before and failed because maybe we can do it better you know that, that whatever the norms are and wherever they come from norms should be questioned and I don't mean irreverently necessarily, but just every once in a while it's good to say, why have we always done it this way? And you know, there may be answers, well, you know, this revered person did it this way, or this, this, this illustrious group did it this way. Yes, okay. And but why did they do it that way? More than just more than just resting on, well, it's always been that way. You you, you can look outside of that and see see what's possible. So my my question then is is any of this resonating this idea of breaking out and and in fact either breaking out alone or taking people with you?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of it from the from the you know there's two different ways to look at it is when it's when it's time there's an obvious opportunity you know in in the scientific career to to do that, you know to make your own path, you know, and it's in the it's in the structure of the career where you know you would start your own lab and off you go. And you have to bring your own ideas and everything like that, but but even then you can still be kind of you know inhibiting your own creativity, your own own um, your own vibe by uh, by you know state playing it safe, which is another way mm-hmm. to look at this. I think, um, but I think that uh, that you know even from the very beginning, even if when you're a PhD student or or whatever, you can still appreciate that you have an opinion and trust that. And you know, obviously, you can defer to people who are more experienced than you are, or, or listen to them. But you should always uh compare that against what you think is right. What you know, what your style is, what what your um your approach would be, what your gut feeling is, and so on. And then and then you turn the volume up on that as you go through your career to a point where you are, you know, you're a you're a bona fide leader, and you're and you're you're whether you have a, a boss or not you're playing to your own tune you're doing it in your own way if you like mm-hmm. um the other thing that struck me was that um you know that toxicity of that idea of being alpha is i think it becomes from the idea that it, leadership is a zero thing, where it's like you can only win by by someone else losing and i think that is a lot of the traditional um view of an alpha male or an alpha person. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's male. Why is it male that, that, that I, that's that, I don't that
2: know happens? how that happened either. Well
1: <laughs> um, anyway, but the the um but you know there's the traditional sort of view of uh of alpha males winning by making other people lose. That's not alpha at all, I would say. Um, but it, it, at least there are other ways to be alpha uh, or, or to be a leader where it doesn't have to be that other people lose you can just do it by bringing people along with you and um but i think it's all about having confidence and trust in yourself and Mm -hmm. um and respecting the fact that you have your own tune you have your own style and and to let that be expressed right and
2: and not for for some of the people in the audience today some of you are sitting there going i don't have that i don't i don't have any any convictions about anything in particular. I not I don't know. I don't know how what I would apply this to. And so for folks in that in that situation, I would say start looking for things to apply it to. You're going to find some things. And they may be small things. Just it might be a, you know, I think there's a, a way to have a better protocol here. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, but just I think we could do this better. But there's other people in the crowd, they've had a notion forever they, they ha- there's a foundational thing that they know that they just know and it's different than, the, than they've been taught. And they might have had this since high school, since grade school, they've got a different idea of how to look at the world. And it might not even be fully fleshed out yet. you're, you're still you're still putting meat on the bones with it, but you know you've got something. And man, we don't want to lose that stuff. I mean we as, as the human race, we need people to follow those those things down and and we can all look at people in in historically who've done exactly that and now we look back at them with with all this respect but we forget there was a point at the beginning when everybody said what's wrong with bob you know (laughs) what why is he on this tear all the time you know well because he's got a vision and and he's going to go his own way until he gets there or or sarah or 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 Bill or Sam, you know whoever whoever it may
1: be. The other the other angle on this, for from a scientific perspective, is that in a way, it's, it, your your job as a scientist is your responsibility to be alpha, because what what I see in science a lot is people who tend to the consensus viewpoint, and that's okay as long as you independently agree with the consensus viewpoint, um, and not that you're just not that you're just uh, going along with a consensus viewpoint because someone else said it was the correct you know the correct conclusion um so i mean in, in that in that sense every scientist has to be independent and form or form their own their uh, opinions independently yeah you know so that so that that kind of that's what keeps science right and if we go if we allow ourselves to become to just join a crowd of other people who, who we agree with because we respect who they are, then science gets pulled down all sorts of, and we've seen it historically, you know, uh, in all sorts of cases where the prevailing wind has been wrong, and right. uh, and we and get trapped t- in those eddies. Then. Yeah, and it's taken and it's taken uh it's taken um, someone who can break the mold to to realise that, and often they're ridiculed. Um, until that happens, they have to be quite strong to, to break out of that. So um, that's, that, that's, I mean, to me, that underlines, it's not just a nice to have, it's really essential that, that, um, that every scientist is as alpha as possible.
0: Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download.
2: Well, I, in fact, you, this segues into something that, that I wanted to bring up next. And, and I, you can do better than alpha. You're like, what's better than alpha? Alpha. There's only betas and alphas, right? Like, well, somebody's come up with an interesting notion of a thing called the sigma. And a sigma is an alpha with qualities that I'll bet those of you that don't want to be alpha are going to like. Because it takes it out of that type A personality, that driving person that has to be in control of everything all the time, and allows them to be more free. Somebody who's sigma is not afraid to take charge. But that's not their, their, um, their objective isn't to be in charge. They're willing to be in charge if that's what it takes to get the job done. But they're also willing to step back and let somebody else be in charge. if That's what it takes to get the job done. Sigma people are a lot more, they're, they're a lot more willing to go with the flow, as long as their ultimate objective is being served. And they're more flexible, and and they don't need as much um they don't need as much praise they don't need people to notice how good they are necessarily um and not that they're against being noticed but that's not their main driver they're they're not doing it so as to be popular or or so as to be liked or or respected the, the, the those things will come naturally to that person who has more of a sigma approach and it gives you it gives you more opportunities to to stay focused on your objective, w- which is scientific discovery, hopefully, uh, as opposed to looking good or moving up in your career. Now, not to take away from those those sideline things, but when, when you, we've all seen it, we've seen people that are good scientists, but then they get so hung up on looking good and advancing in in the structure that their science starts to suffer, and. Uh, then we've seen other people that, you know, they, they stick to it. They, they, they stay loyal to the main cause and you know what they move up too they do well. And yeah, maybe they don't have as many patents and maybe they don't have as many papers written and maybe they're not asked to be speakers at quite so many conferences, but that, that's, that is not taking away from their career. And that person that wants to be, that wants to be, A a movie star about it, and they're going to have a very different kind of career. And I know some folks. Some folks are going to look at that and go, "That is the kind of scientific career I want to be. I I I want to have the movie star kind of career." And and I'm not taking away from that. But I I am am going to submit to you that you could have a better career if you if you were more focused on on the meat of it and saw that as a secondary benefit, because there are plenty of people out there that are that are more than adequately popular and more than adequately really well known because they have stuck to to the to the meat and potatoes of this and they weren't pushed into well i've got to look good. Right, you know, I have to be, I have to be seen at, at this conference and I have to, I have to be seen in the company of these people because because they're popular too. you know you you can get away from all of that. Not have to fall into that, and and still be able to go your own way, and still be able to to reach into these these areas where where you're really going to get the best part of your career. You know, you're you're not going to have the highlight of your career come from just following the rules, and just just going along with with the protocol. It, it won't happen that way.
1: Yeah, I I, the, the, I like the idea of the of being sigma because. Mm-hmm. I, I you and you've mentioned that to me before. Actually, I've never looked into it very much, so I have to look into it further now. Because <laughs> um, I I'm I'm definitely a person who likes to play to my own tune, but I always balked at the idea of alpha because I don't I'm not to me the connotation of that is that you're making other people lose, right? Um, and uh, and I didn't see the point, and and that I don't always have to take the lead. But mm-hmm. if it needs to, then I will, and right. uh, and so on. So sigma makes a lot more sense to me. It seems to me like it's an evolution of o- over alpha and beta, whereas um, alpha and beta are kind of two opposite poles of a dysfunction, <laughs> it mm-hmm. seems like, whereas sigma is kind of, if everyone's sigma, then then it's fine because you can be in charge or not. And it just depends on what is the best idea, the best thing for the situation. Exactly, um,
2: exactly. So. So that's the thing about being sigma. In Sigma, you can, you can play the alpha role or the beta role at any given moment without giving yourself up into it. You don't have to, you don't have to be alpha or beta, you're just playing it for right now because it's because it's useful to whatever you're trying to accomplish in
1: the moment. Yeah, because I mean, if you're alpha and and you can't come off of that, it's because you're more interested, for me anyway, is because you're locked. up, You're more interested in, or, or your main thing is to be the alpha person rather than to get the job done in the best way or to get whatever right. outcome. Whereas the sigma is is flexible, depending on what what is needed. What's the best for everybody in the situation?
2: Yeah, and and it's it's not just that you know you're taking on for the team when you're sigma. When you're sigma, you're still you're you're doing things because of the of your own way. You want your own way to work out. But you're able to see past these sideline issues mm-hmm. and not let the sideline issues drive things, and it gives you more freedom. Nick commented that I I recommend you look at into the sigma earlier, but Nick recommended something to me here recently. Uh, it was it's a an interesting book, and we'll put we'll put this in the show notes by um, Nassim Nicholas T- Taleb. It's called Anti-Fragile. Things that gain from disorder. What an interesting notion. <laughs> and it's been a really interesting book to read. And it, and it, it uh I think it plays well into this and this notion of going your own way. But and it addresses one of the main problems that that people will immediately recognize. Well, if I start going my own way, certainly I'm going to get pushback, right? There are going to be people that are going to oppose that. They're going to stand in my way. What do I do? Well, the answer is to be anti-fragile. And like, what is anti-fragile? Well, uh, we know what fragile is. It means that that you're easy to break, you're easy to disrupt, you're easy to stop. But as, uh, I, mean, I don't know if it's Mr. or Dr. Taleb <laughs> uh, points out, uh, we really don't have a word that is the exact opposite of fragile. And that's why he coined the term anti-fragile. The idea of, of uh, when, when things, you, you, it, some folks think of what's what the opposite of fragile is to be robust or resilient, but fragile means that it's, it's easily impacted by outside forces and being robust or resilient means you're not impacted by outside forces. But anti-fragile means you're strengthened by outside forces, that you need the stressors, that, that, that they're actually important and in fact, for biologists, I think this should be a, a, a philosophy that really makes sense because that's how, li- how life itself is. Life is anti-fragile. Life gains from stresses. It's benefited by that. Now, obviously there's a there's a limit to that, but you know, an example is is your bones get stronger if they're under stress. Now, obviously they can only be stressed so far, they break, but if they never get stressed, they don't get very strong. That's something that's that's unique to biological things. We don't see that very often in in inorganic things. So we we want to take full advantage of our organic nature, <laughs> and and this gives us this gives us the strength to deal with pushback. Because often the the way to solve to the way to deal with pushback isn't so much that you need a set method. It's that you just need to be strong enough to face it. That when when there is pushback, that you've got enough resolve and enough creativity to be able to handle it. So you know, I, I sometimes I I look at my own outlines for this stuff and I go, how to deal with pushback? Well, wouldn't it be nice to have a recipe? Well, just do A, B, and C. But that's not how you deal with pushback because nobody knows for sure how that pushback is going to come, or even if you do. The, the answer will be how resilient are you going to be and how 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 firm can you be how how anti-fragile can you be
1: yeah i think that that's a, a really interesting way to look at it um and one one thing that strikes me is if you're if you are afraid or if you feel repelled from the idea of taking the lead or, or expressing yourself and you just want to follow other people it's probably because you're you're worried about things going wrong, mm-hmm. but the the whole the whole idea, the anti fragile idea, is that things go wrong, and things have to go wrong, mm-hmm. and you, and actually that it's that whole notion of if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, sort of thing. If yeah. you just stay in the box and you don't um and you don't try other things, you don't do things that that might fail, then then you're not going to grow, and you're and the good and you'll have less good things happen, I would say. Sure. But it's like, if I look at how, for example, I I, I took my own path in Bite Size Bio, in started and Bite Size Bio, and I thought, of course, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a smooth path. And if I look back, it's like, my God, there's so many things went wrong and I had to fix them and da-da-da, but it's all the fixing that is the experience now. And that's sure. what that's what's valuable. And, and in a way, that's what's made it most interesting as well. Exactly. Now, now one of the things that we can do, like, how do you handle pushback? Um, One of the answers
2: to that is get in front of it and sell your vision, as it were, you know, if you can see it, well, where are people likely to have a problem with this path I want to take? And you put some, some thought into that in advance and you prepare your case, I mean, this is just like you've done many a time. If you've written a paper, if you know, your, your dissertation, you had to make a case for something. Well, you sold your vision. That's, and maybe you look back at that now and go, well, it wasn't much of a vision. And, and Nick loves to, loves to, to poke fun at himself because, you know, his dissertation was on slime mold. Well, you know, I, first off, I'd never heard of slime mold before. So I didn't have any, I didn't have an opinion on it, but I didn't know what the word slime meant. And I didn't know what the word mold meant and neither one of them was was very enticing. But then I actually looked into slime mold, like, golly, this stuff is fascinating. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can make a case for just about anything. But it, so the, the issue then is to bother to make the case, make sure that you do, you know, make sure that you do that. It, make that part of the process of going your own way where you where you've internalized that it just becomes a normal part of how you do things is that you're always you're always taking it to that next level and you're always thinking about how do i make this clear to other people and you could think of it as selling the idea and and there's nothing wrong with that but you can also think of it as how do i excite other people about this how do i get How do I engage them so that they're going to see the same possibilities that I see, that they're going to get excited about the things I've gotten excited about. And so now you're not just going your own way. You're you're encouraging people to make it our way, not just, not just my way. So that's, that's the idea of going your own way. Anything else you want to add to that, Nick?
1: No, I, I just think that, uh, Again I think it's just it's so important to for people to realize that you know although that, that a career in science begins by following a leader it's just so important that, that you that, that at some point we uh, you know regardless of what what path you take in science that at some point you come out and start expressing yourself and not just following um mm-hmm. because that's for the better of everyone. Uh, the more we do it, the more people we can get that are sigma, the better. Uh, that, that's what the way I'm seeing it these days. Actually, yeah. I, so love it. I, I think, and I think you mentioned that there are a bunch of um, videos on YouTube about oh what gosh, sigma yes. means. Yeah, yeah.
2: So something to yeah. look at. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I I'll, I'll can't I'll put it in the show notes.
1: Okay, so you can get those show notes at um, bite-sizedbio.com forward slash the happy scientist. And go to episode 28, and um, I got it right this time. And mm-hmm. uh, and in there you'll find a link to the Anti-Fragile book, which is well worth a read, and uh, and the video that Ken's going to put in about um, being Sigma, or the or the concept of being Sigma. So what else does that leave me to say? Um, you can also get more from us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Happy Scientist Club. And check out episodes one to nine of this podcast if you haven't done so. In there, Ken talks about some foundational principles, which I think you'll find really useful. So, Ken, thank you for taking us your own way and um, helping us to go our own way. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you again
0: next time. Thanks. Bye. Scientist is brought to you by Bite-Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite-Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite-Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.